We're back. Stronger? (laughs) No, we're back weaker. Yeah, we haven't got uh, our little child, a little man child with us. No, early bedtime for him, isn't it? Yeah. What is Harry doing? I think he's just finished exams and he said he's just away, going away this evening. So Very vague. Booty call. Exactly. (laughs) We sacked him off and... uh, just us two. Just you. And then next week, I'm I'm away. Not at a booty call. Um, I'm doing something away. And so, you're going to be with... Just me and Harry. So we'll see who holds the podcast yeah. together. <laughs> <laughs> or if they all just fall apart. Yeah. <laughs> we need cohesion. We've been away for a, a long time. When's the last time we did one? Or recorded a proper one. I reckon it's six weeks. Yeah. We, yeah. Let's definitely not count the Roubaix ones. The specials. Yeah, well done to everyone. We had a surprising a large amount of people that listened to them all. We thought they listened to the first one and then it would slowly fade Peter away. away. Yeah, but uh, no, it was a consistent amount. So well done to everyone. I mean, yeah, they were a bit random. Yeah, we we learned a lot doing that. We learned <laughs> that if you just have atmospheric background noise, is ninety percent of it. You have to sort of introduce <laughs> that and have sections you can link between. It's not like a vlog where who would have thought. I mean, I didn't. <laughs> yeah, at the, time, at the time, we were still in the queue to Bird King, like, yeah, this is going to be great. And when that's all so I was... So much <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it works for vlogs when it's like a time lapse, but not when it's uh, just audio of you wondering when we suddenly go from Bird King yeah. to passport control in France. To uh, Van Avermaet riding past. Yeah. <laughs> that was probably the best bit, isn't it, at the end of it? Yeah, where... that is good. So yeah, next time, and there, there will be a next time, we'll go uh, harder on the audio description yeah we'll actually try for everyone it's a little bit of an effort isn't it to be like oh yeah, so gotta remember what's gotta get it out but it'll be worth it because it'll be good and i think people enjoy it um yes it's been a while what you've been up to in the meantime uh i've started racing so that's road race season yeah i mean that's racing in like inverted commas <laughs> turning up to races <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm in a race No, <laughs> 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 it's been good i've done one good word which was which was good. I tried to get in a break and, you know, went off the front as many times as possible and then didn't pay attention for one second and then the break went. But that was okay. It was a really good workout. And I did a handicap and now this is this is a good Sell story. Sell down, people. This is a good story. It's going to get whingy. <laughs> yeah. So it's my my first handicap. And for the people that don't know what handicap racing is, you get a group of people ranging from elites uh, first cat, second cat, third cat, fourth cat, uh, women, juniors. So you can get elite women, elite um, fourth cat women, um, juniors. I think even to under maybe it's seventeen or up. I'm not sure. Um, whoever they are, they're always rapid. Is it BC? All BC. All BC. Um, and it's where Surrey League is so good because I don't know anywhere else round round the south or even even further. Afield. I know one in uh, Dorset called morton i think it's called morton but that's not bc oh, okay but that's every week and like, it's a decent turnout mm. but yeah because it's not bc it's like a 10 quid to enter anyways. yeah that's good but no. um so yeah it's surrey league so it's all around different places in surrey which works it's perfect for me because i work in horsham live in east grinstead so it's always sort of halfway halfway home um yeah you turn up it's proper grassroots racing like you rock up in some car park there's people on turbos and stuff like that and then the commissaire rocks up and then just looks at everyone And then he decides what groups you go in. So for the handicap race, the slowest people in theory have a longer head start. And then the fastest people who are in the what's called the scratch group start the finish. And then it's whoever crosses the line first wins. So the idea is like everyone crossed the line together. In theory, everyone should cross the line together in some sort of sprint, really. But then the people in the scratch group have had to work harder, perhaps. So, So the tactics are normally the group that works the best together can get away and win it it's sort of like it's like a classic british racing format isn't it yeah like you hear sort of all the early season races being sort of pursuits or yeah exactly and it i mean it's amazing like they it's basically closed roads because they've got a rolling roadblock there's like two cars i think there was like two motorbikes going up and down closing it it was brilliantly marshalled i think it was Addiscombe cc that did it and they did an awesome job there's a guy with an air horn just horning at everyone oh. as he went past it was great. Um, so was it around a loop, was it then? Yeah, around a loop. It was um, Horn Park, which is a good little loop. Um, it poured with rain. So I turned up and then it started pouring rain. I just had a skin suit and that was it. It destroyed my Novatech hubs within like two minutes. <laughs> they haven't seen wet the hub, weather. The hubs you have to like ride around puddles to avoid. Yeah, so they struggled. I was really excited for it. And I was thinking, you know, it's my first race, first handicap. So maybe go in the second or third groups, you know, looking around at people. Do you get a choice? 
I th- well, this is going to be something that I mentioned from what I learned because I think you do get a choice, but at the time I didn't. And I just assumed that I'd be put in the group that, you know, first handicap, third cat, I'm not going to be setting the world alight. So looking around, there's a few other people that I knew, the URDT guys, um, some Crawley Wheelers and stuff like that. And I, uh, so everyone lines up and I'm shaking because I'm soaking wet and freezing. And first group get called out, like, you know, some fourth cat guy, some older, older gentleman, you know, absolutely fair play, giving it a go and having a race. You know, I, I look forward to doing that myself. You know, they went in the first group. And then the two URDT guys, James and Kev, who were, you know, proper fast people uh james was in the break at goodwood that stuck earlier in the week and i was like that's a bit weird oh well you know is maybe... he on a, like a snazzy specialized is that him uh ross has got the really snazzy ah, specialized right. very nice bike but james also has a gorgeous bike okay um and not, kev's got a not, um, not kev's got a really nice bowman actually i really really like that um not that i'm i know everything about their bikes <laughs> <laughs> i love you <laughs> i think it's fat <laughs> So they go off and I'm like, fine, I'll probably be in the second group. And then um, next group lines up and it's got a few people I know in it. Someone from East Grinstead that I've been riding with a lot who did Battle in the Bowl, Luke. And, you know, I'm with very similar sort of paces. I'm like, perfect. Wait for my number. And I'm number eight. So he's calling out all the numbers and they line up and he goes. I'm like, right, okay, fair enough. I'll probably be in the third group. And this went on until... How many groups are there? I think there was six. So everyone's then gone. And I look around and it's me, like these second cats from ASL, um, Kevin Nelson, who's the guy who won the three-day stage race, Surrey League, that weekend after the handicap race. And I know he's mega fast. And I was like, uh, okay. And then it was too late because they'd gone. And like Declan Egan's in that and he's like mega fast. So it's basically me, or it is me and all these second cat mega fast sprinters on like a flat course <laughs> and by that point they'd all gone because i was thinking right i'll be the next one I'll be the next one and then the course well, there, you get called up and they're like right go yeah you, you literally don't have a chance so i was just like oh it must be you know amongst everyone on my first race i'm gonna be like excuse me i'd like to go in the slower group <laughs> so i was like okay fine like a challenge i'll you know try and stay with <laughs> these guys and a guy called grant from paceline was there and the commissaire said well i was gonna put you in two groups and then obviously all the mega fast people went, no, 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 one group's fine, one group's fine, don't worry about it. Because they want one group less yeah, to, to chase, I want to be in a big group. And again, I'm not going to be like, nope, excuse me, <laughs> I'd like to have a head start. All right, you can go on your own. Yeah. Thank you. So, fine. So then we're on this driveway going onto the road and all the other groups had gone onto the road, waited, he then whistled and they all went off. So I was like, fine. So I was, you know, I thought I was ready. And they were having this conversation and out of nowhere, he just whistles. And I'm just stood there, and then this guy from Paceline takes off like an absolute rocket. Like, the man's thighs are bigger than my waist. And goes round this 90-degree left turn in the wet. So I, I go, and there's like five or six guys already gone up the road. Like, they've disappeared. So I'm like, pa- like just panicking. And I'm like, well, I can't just... Let-. So I just hammered it, put in like my best ever, like, two-minute power to try and get back onto the back of them. I thought I was on my own. I don't know, I just wasn't thinking. But behind me was like Declan Egan, this guy from Jam Cycling, all these second cats. I've seen that picture, yeah. Just sat behind me, obviously going, what a Muppet. Like, <laughs> he's killing himself and we're just getting a free ride. Like, I couldn't hear them. I, I was just so, like, panicking. Like, Water I was being, spraying everywhere. Yeah, I was being dropped. I was doing this race. I wanted to be with that group. So I got onto the back of them, but I was absolutely gassed. And as I got onto the back, obviously these fresher guys behind me then flew past and then the other people went off and I was just left like literally two thirds of a lap. Oh. And I was like, it was me and um, another guy. So we rode around together and then you I made good friends with them. Yeah. Well, he, he, he said he can't pull through. So I was like, oh, whatever. I'll just do an effort. Like I'll just try and get my best, you know, hour power, or whatever. So I went off, just rode as hard as I could and ended up dropping him. But then annoyingly, the way those groups had worked out, because the course is so short, the URDT guys had dropped everyone else in their fourth cat group and were just two up time trialing it. And they were on the same straight when we left, basically. So I was solo. They were two up. They ended up catching me. And then I just sat on the back of them. But I couldn't help or 
Because you're not technically meant to be there. No. So I, all, I, all I could then do for like the second half of the race was just sit behind them. Yeah. But what's so frustrating was I was happy. Like it was absolutely fine. Like, uh, and I, if I was in that group, like they were allowed to be, we would have easily have got away and it'd been fine. But oh well, I learned from it. But what's really funny is they finished and I, I gave them space because obviously they get get a good picture. Yeah. So I just sort of you were in the in sort of in the back. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I like I backed off and then everyone stopped whereas i carried on i was like no i'm getting my money's worth i'm doing another lap yeah. i want to do the full thing but because i did that all the people that got dropped that i'd overtaken and stuff like that then finished before me so then in all the results i came dead last <laughs> <laughs> after making all the effort like you're on a third yeah that's just like brilliant <laughs> so yeah oh. that was um it was a baptism of fire but from that and from goodwood i learned a million things especially for the handicap stuff of being ready being warmed up because they just took me by surprise, and what was frustrating was like I don't care being in the being a different group to other people. Like, I don't want to. I'm not caring about winning. I just want to have a good race. I was really frustrated because I I think I could have stayed with that scratch group had I not killed myself at the start. Like, I just blew up. You might not have like done as much work as them, but you've been there yeah. doing your bit where you can. Yeah, I, it would have been really nice to ride with those guys, and it'd been really good for confidence. But sadly, wasn't to be. So next time. But I think the guy, he just looked at me like, you know, I take it as a compliment. He obviously yeah, thought, you look good. I thought, look pro, go slow. <laughs> um, so next time I'm going to take a mountain bike and hide my other bike, wear a tracksuit. And then when he puts my number on, I'm then going to whip my, out my skin suit. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to wear Adidas poppers. <laughs> <laughs> ha, joke's on you, fool. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I did those. Going to do some more handicaps. Uh, in the near future and then we all we both did battle in the bowl yes so this is a race i've been it's it must be going for five years now maybe maybe four or five years yes um and i've wanted to do it for ages and what it is is it's a cyclocross race in matley basin so it's basically a big natural bowl where they hold boomtown festival every year so it's a bit of a sink <laughs> um but because of that you just get this like amazing little like natural amphitheater and they hold a race around the outside of it so if you can imagine like a giant velodrome. <laughs> Grassy velodrome. Yeah, yeah. Where you've got like a five minute climb on it. Yeah. So it's a two hour cross race. Uh, or I say probably it's more of a gravel race now. So what, what are the defining features of a gravel race compared to a cross race, do you think? See, Because in the past, it, probably when it started, it was yeah, just a cross race. I imagine race. so. But no, where gravel's grown up so much. I wouldn't say it's not that technical a race. There no. was some. There was some difficult moments but that was more from the course layout rather than the actual features there was a few hard corners but there was nothing really challenging to ride anyone could ride it yeah um but then it sort of it was gradual climbs on gravel lots of grass and it was basically grass or gravel you you never ruin anything else it was basically a two-hour time trial yeah because drafting doesn't really do anything on the grass because you're going uphill too slow and on the gravel it's sort of descending and again just going uphill so didn't really matter yeah they managed to fit a lot of climbing in for not much descending it seemed didn't it yeah one one what 40 seconds yeah there there was a twisty descent which was good yeah so you did like a massive climb around the top of the basin then descended down it really quick which was a hairpin which is amazing fun yeah which is on gravel wasn't it yeah and then you uh did a little bit more grass and then did like an inner loop where you somehow managed to climb up a hill but didn't really feel like it at all Yes. And then uh, you drop down this this good, fun, twisty descent, which sort of, annoyingly at the start, there was, what, 100, 100 people, 120 people? So mm. I think it's 138 in our race. It's yeah. a, good, a good entry from our fantastic start position where we <laughs> were right at the back because I was, I was off chatting. Well, I, so I I was talking to Chris, who uh, the guy from the Roubaix uh, podcast, and... Um, we were just talking. We weren't lining up or anything. We just happened to be talking. And then everyone started standing next to us, like as if we were like the designated place. Whether we accidentally happened to be in the designated place or everyone just decided that was the place to go. And then not really thinking, I then went and put a gel wrapper just in a bin. But by the time I'd gone to the bin and come back, everyone had lined up. Like, it must have been a sprint to the line. And then we were last row, second yeah. to last row. It was probably, what, like 20 people wide and we were right at the back. Yeah. But yeah, it's sort of day. We weren't, we weren't there to win, so... No, people were, like, pushing through and getting through and stuff, which is fair enough, but I was just like, well, it's, I'd rather have fun overtaking people. Yeah. So, yeah, the race went, the first little bit of the little grassy outlap, then we got onto the, the gravel inner loop, did the climb there, picked up a few little places here or there, and then we had this big, long, snaking descent, and sort of it was just single file, well, it was single, like, two, two in a row, 
slowly going down it. Yeah. And yeah, losing a lot of time to the people up front. But once we managed to pick our way through that, I think I managed to sneak away from Sam there while in some questionable overtakes. Yeah, I just I was just um, going too hard trying to like because once you you start overtaking people at the start, and because it's easy because you you start in the wrong place. Yeah, yeah. But then when you get to where you naturally are, you're still in the mindset of I, can push I should there. just be catching yeah. the next person. And instead of just sort of relaxing for a little bit, I kept hammering it. But you were flying. You went off on that top bit because I, I think I pushed too hard on the climb and I just couldn't ah. get going because you, you dropped me on that bit. And then the um, the descending, you were flying on. It was a scary descent, wasn't it? We're, we're both yeah. on old cross bikes with canties. Yeah. My LX rear mech is so... There's a picture where my chain is literally touching the floor. <laughs> it was just flying around so much. And in the, in the warm-up lap, it came off on the descent. So I was trying to just like save it but it wasn't happening very well um yeah my bottle came off i had all sorts of technical issues with that descent but you know it wasn't gonna make it wasn't gonna make or break my my race so no, it was fine it's like do you want to finish mid-pack or slightly above mid-pack for yeah. us it doesn't really matter yeah i just i was just amazed you know i was going into that thinking that you know i'm in my best the best fitness and the best form i've ever been in and i thought i was going really well and just the the spit it's the it's the over 40s vets they're just powerhouses. Because I, I came, I came fifty eighth, and you came thirty third, I think thirty third. But then in our category of senior, I was twelve, and you were like sixteen. Yeah, was it? yeah. So it was just packed with these over forty time trialing beasts. And it, was, <laughs> it was like it was, it was impressive to watch, wasn't it? Yeah, and I thought I'd have you know because it was quite hilly. I thought I'd have an advantage, but I think because it was just a, a constant climb. climb, it was just the people hard, were just flying up. It, it was probably what would you say six percent, seven percent. Yeah, it was. Gravel I didn't for, have to go into my mega range gear, my CX bike. So I was point. in the second one. Uh, so that's probably that's that not too tricky. Four or five minutes, and then yeah, kicked a little bit onto some grass. Mm-hmm. That's where the hardest bit of the climb. And then it went dropped down to like two or three, no, probably three or four percent steady grass climb. And that's where people were losing time. They were blowing up at the top of that climb, and then not realizing that that was still part of the climb. Like if you could have, I did a couple of laps where I was fresher on that. Yeah. And that's where you made up so much time on people. It was the transfer from the gravel to grass and then just keeping it on the grass. Yeah. And where it was a, a bit more of a single tracky climb, it became not technical, but you had to be a bit more technically minded to do that yeah. bit. I mean, we could you couldn't just shut off. You had to pick there. a line at some point. Yeah, but it was, it was so good. I ate so much dust. It was ridiculous. Yeah, it's weird choking on dust, isn't it? Yeah. So yeah. I did that. Um, but uh, the, the descent was good. When, when, once you got like, a clear run down it, it was sort of just loads, loads of lovely swooping grass turns, loads of hairpins. Yeah, I was just too afraid. I, I was so scared. My I could hear my chain hitting my back spokes. Yes, that's good. That's good. And I was so scared that I don't know what catastrophic failure would happen with that, but I, in my mind, it would involve me going over the bars. So I was just, I was going too slow for those things. On my mountain bike, I'd be fine. And if I get a clutch rim, <laughs> that, that might help me. One day. Yeah. Did you have any anything you do differently next time? Uh, like nutrition wise, I'd say I got that pretty spot on. I, I wasn't. I probably could have done with like another gel at the end. What? How many did you have? Uh, I won just before we started. Yeah, uh, and I had two juries. I did one after forty minutes, and I did one after one twenty. Okay, so I probably could have maybe done like half an hour, hour, hour and a half. Yeah. Um. I what I wouldn't. I dropped a bottle, so I had two bottles. Started with one, got hand with one. Had that for a lap and I dropped a full bottle. So the last half an hour... How did I, you drop it? I, just, yeah, I went to drink it and it just fell out of my hand. <laughs> <laughs> like, I caught it fine. I was drinking up the climb. I just went like... And I was like, oh no. I was tempted to stop, but I was like, no, I'll push on now. I didn't realise I lost my bottle. For half an hour to had a dry mouth. It's horrible. Yeah, I was riding around. I went to drink it like half a lap later and I was like, oh, that's what... Because I felt something hit my leg and I, I stopped and got off my bike. Because I thought it was my chain or my chain set or something like that. I stopped, looked at it, lost a load of places. and was like, no, okay, can't be anything. And then the next lap I rode past and I saw it. I was like, oh, there it is. <laughs> I don't think I, I think I left it there, actually. Yeah, no, I went to pick it up afterwards um, and yeah, it was gone. So Oh, maybe my mum got it. She's very helpful. Oh, that. I'll have to pop around. Shout out to my mum for giving me a great, um, as I was riding across, she held the bottle out on the gravel climb. And then the next time she did it on the um, apex of a corner. <laughs> So I was going one-handed, just challenging trying me. to grab it. Yeah. I was like, this is not an ideal place. Appreciate the honour. It's like a nice thought, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> nice gesture. It worked out. You know, again, I wasn't going that fast. <laughs> yeah, it's really good. Really enjoyed it. And I think you realise how how big that sort of scene is. It's, with it's the so grassroots. And that's what's beautiful about it. Yeah. It's like, so simple. And like the open race, 
you know, you had so many different types of people doing it. I mean, the people that won it. So in our category, we should say, we did the yes. Super CX, I think it's called. Yeah, the elite category. Yes, Again, in we're very, very large. Yeah, loose comments. <laughs> uh, elitist, it should be. <laughs> uh, what we had, there was bike restrictions. So we had to do it on a cyclocross bike. I'm, yeah. I'm not calling it a gravel bike. It was a cyclocross yeah. bike. I think there was a tyre width limit. I think it was up to 47, which so is actually... It's a big... It's chunky. A, I said just under a two-inch mountain bike tyre. <laughs> it had to be 700c wheels, I think. So it had to yeah. be a 29er. Yeah. Um, had to be drop bars and no suspension yeah which i broke we won't mention the cannon but i think i could like special <laughs> special needs cannon. yeah exactly special mention there i think they'd look the other way for that if you won there might have been a few checks yeah. but you were yeah. saying but i could be like look guys i'll beat you on that <laughs> sort it out pick it up yeah yes and then the open one it was there was no categories was no there? free for all free for all any bike you want there is special there was categories at the end for like fastest single speed fat bike oh, and stuff that? like that within it i think but yeah there was, it was a full range of people it was so really your, good. your dad did that didn't he? yeah my dad did it hour and a half yeah it was six laps they oh, did. Laps, was it? yeah and i think we did i did nine yeah it? i did nine the winners did 10 of the race um but yeah it was just it's hard like what well, i must say i was, I was, some, I was surprised with this so sam allen from pedal on won it and he's it's a dominant force he's been dominating um wessex cross league for six years probably from now and he lapsed me in a cross race after 45 minutes <laughs> and he didn't come past me until about an hour and 40 so i was quite happy with that yeah that's a victory yeah i'll take that <laughs> sam allen you're getting slow yeah <laughs> yeah it's um I don't know what I was going to say. That had the scene. How lovely. Just sort of, the clubs get involved. So you get a lot of those, a lot of Sotonia, VC Venta. Yeah. That's the key with those events, I think. There was four or five clubs that were there in force that made up like 60, 70% of the entries. Yeah. So if you can get them involved and then you get us squids joining, then you've got a full field. And, you know, it didn't feel like loads and loads of people on course it wasn't congested but i think that's because the course layout is so good yeah like that first open gravel bit really sort of spread everyone out quite nicely like i was never held up i didn't feel i was getting in the way of anyone no i think there's probably a few moments but like nothing bad yeah and it's like where we're racing how far back we are if if you you, if you want to go past someone most people let you pass if yeah you ask exactly. nice enough or if not just Push past. Yeah, I do forget who I'm racing sometimes. I always look behind. If someone's coming up, I'm like, oh, you sort of got to make a quick well, judgment. Yeah, no, but how pro do they like? <laughs> that happened at an hour to me. This kid come, came past and he was flying. He looked so pro. And I was like, oh, crap, I've been lapped after an hour. <laughs> and I told the guy in front, I was like, oh, we've been done already. And he was really confused. And I was following him for a bit. And I was like, I'm holding pace with him here. He can't be it, can he? And he like, slowly got away. And I think he finished like two places ahead of me in the end. So yeah, he just looked really good. Fair and at the end of it, I forgot to mention he had a had a chaser's tee on, had the wolf one. The Did wolf, he? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I was going to I, I went and chatted to him, but I, I didn't mention. You didn't him mention no. the fact. <laughs> no, but I tried. I tried to get B Dog to get a little picture in the car of it, like a little slow one. How funny! Um, I'll, I'll get his name. I remember his, number twenty four. He was number twenty four. Drove a Golf GTI. <laughs> uh, had like a steel cross bike. Enjoys long walks on the beach. Yeah. Handle the dinners. <laughs> Oh, that's cool. So yeah, oh, I'd been chuffed if I saw that. Oh, sorry, I, I couldn't. I couldn't see you, so I was going to go and shout over to no, you. It's okay. No, I really. It was a really, really good event. And it's do it again. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I want to make something like it. It was good. Yeah, really good team involved. Yeah, definitely, and more people next time. I think there's more because they for this year they did a team event. Yeah, and I think I think that that's the key for things where you could have something like that you could do like a pairs race yeah like i just i love that vibe of like cycling being a team sport it's rather like, than just on your own all the time even if it's like cape epic where you have to stay together the whole time I'd love and work to like together a team race like that'd that. be so fun like instead of just you know counting up the points at the end and seeing who did what you actually have to stay together as a, a relay pair. yeah so um yeah really good um should we talk about the the road racing situation yeah so it's sort of it's straight a massive contrast i'd say isn't it yeah so you've got cyclocross is obviously really big at the moment it's very grassrooty very inclusive very sort of friendly yeah and from an outside point of view well i'm not heavily involved in road racing if at all uh it sort of it does look like it's the exact opposite it looks a bit more elitist a bit more judgmental bit less welcoming however i'm sure once you're involved it's not the case yeah 
but that could be down to the sort of the situation where a lot of road races now are getting cancelled you're getting low entry numbers yeah and so there's not as many as there used to be yeah everyone everyone is massively struggling with this i think like it was amazing the surrey three day i think that was full that was a full field so that's really good but it's what level was that uh cat two three okay yeah so that's that's, that's it's odd for a, a like mid-tier race mm. to be but like the nat the national b races i think what's happening is and this is information i've gleaned from another wonderful podcast the cycling heroes <laughs> podcast um, i mean it was such a good say, their podcast is probably a lot more a lot better suited to this yeah. topic so <laughs> if you want actual <laughs> genuine opinions with <laughs> evidence to back them up go and listen to that one yeah we're, we're just gonna try and skim um but no, it's really interesting listening to what they were saying about how a lot of the time the Nat Bs have pro and elite riders coming and riding those and winning they, them. They need the points. And then the people who would be competing in the Nat Bs naturally don't want to because they're getting spanked week in, week out. Yeah. So therefore they get lower entry numbers and things like that. And I know Sel, the Southeast Road Race League, are really struggling with numbers with their affiliation and stuff like that, because people just aren't committing to volunteering and that, doing things in advance because you have to say, right, I'm going to ride these and I'm going to volunteer at these. Yeah. And I think that's just a massive issue. It's, it's one thing that shot me a bit on that. It's like in Heroes podcast, they mentioned to put on their road race, they need 60 volunteers. Yeah. And I was just stunned by how many people they need involved. And that is a lot of commitment. So sign-ons, road closures, setting up, pulling down, timekeeping... Yeah marshals and that's not even including you know the risks those people are taking as marshals you know that's a real responsibility if something happens and a car gets through and things like that so people are reluctant i think to take on these sorts of roles because it is you're asking a lot of them you know and i think it's very tricky and then you know when there's low numbers people don't want to enter a race with low numbers because you're just not going to get cancelled yeah it's like a catch-22 like the local the handcross race that was meant to be on last on the weekend of Battle of the Bowl, actually. It got called off because of, ironically, all the gravel in the road. <laughs> I saw that. It, they got reserviced, didn't they? Yeah, I drove on it the other day, and it was utterly ridiculous. So it's like, when they it's sliding on a car, let alone on a bike. I can't remember it's cool, but it's when they put that little terrible layer of loose And then the cars down. do the work for the... for The um the 10 mile hour speed limit. Yeah. That road. <laughs> so, but that was, you know, they were really struggling with that because people weren't signing up, and it's a great course, but it's just... You know, maybe it's because it's on Sundays and people, you know, want to see their families and stuff like that. But, you know, I think people are just more and more staying away from road racing and road riding. And that's why these other events like gravel races and I think cross is going to be even bigger this it's, year for people. So like for cross, I've done it for, oh God, that must be like five, six years now. And just year upon year, it's getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Yeah. Um, so much so that I used to race and it'd be 100 people the whole weekend. They put you all in one big category. Wessex three years ago are getting 80 people in each category yeah and this year i found out that actually they've got now got a separate women's race because they've got enough oh, women they had 60 women enter wow. the first race of the year in 2018 which i think is just amazing yeah that is amazing and i like i think the down the downside of cross and it's also the plus side for many people is how you know tough it is and it's winter and it's muddy and it's snowy and it's horrible but I think as soon as someone comes out and does a proper... Because I know there's like the London Cross League in the evenings. Is that for, um, so if you look at the summer, this is good one actually, in uh, Newbury, Wessex, I can't remember who... It might be... Not Pedal On. Who is it? Banjo Cycles, I think it is. Right. They do a summer cross league at Newbury, in Newbury. And I think they do five rounds. So they're, they're decent. And it's just like... It's basically a road race on grass. Yeah. Because it's... You can enter any bike you want. It's not that serious. But... It's cheaper. It's less serious, you know. But I think, you know, with cross races, they're like an hour long, 45 minutes long, etc. I think there's a real market for like, like Battle in the Bowl. If you had those at the weekends and there was like different courses and things like that, yeah. and they're sort of two hours, you still get, you get a really good workout. You've got a chance for tactics and things like that. Like I think there's a, but it's just, you know, finding the places to be able to organise it as we found, you know, trying to organize our mountain bike race is just very difficult to a lot get everything to align perfectly and then convince people that they should spend their you know 30 pounds and their time three or four months in advance on an unproven concept on an unproven concept when they've got other things to do and i think there's lots of people that want to do it but wanting to do it and liking it and sharing it and talking about it is different to com- like that final commitment 
and I was the same. You know, I didn't sign up to Battle in the Bowl until like a week before. And I sort of started to think about it. I was like, actually, I need to be a bit more organised to help these people out and to support. Because, you know, you've got to ask yourself, are you supporting these races? And that's why I want to do as many handicaps as possible because I want to support Surrey League and I can't race on Sundays. So that's a great way for me to support them and for that to carry on because there's still, you know, there was, there was 60 riders, I think, on the first one. And even the one that was pouring with rain, there was still about 28, 30, 30 of us. You know, I came 28th. That's, that's good. <laughs> Just leave it as that. Cheers. So you, they normally get 60 entries and you came 28. That's really good. <laughs> Cheers, guys. Um, On that note, though, we need to enter Big Dog. Yeah, we do. We keep saying we'll do that. and On our cross bikes. <laughs> <laughs> I need to take you around Stammer. But with Big Dog, it's a bit confusing because... Uh, what's the... XC Racer, I've got yes. it out. But Big Dog haven't mentioned it and they took down the post saying they were going to announce it in January. The last post on the Big Dog Facebook is from last Christmas I think so it's really strange and so, there's been lots of talk about Stanmer I've um, heard the owners and stuff like that they only running of, events there yeah and there's lots of there's like not, um, like forestry work and stuff like that so I don't know if it's if it's definitely on because it's on as in you can enter it so I guess worst but case no we'll, one from the thing is actually we'll get a refund yeah but Big Dog is so good and I just think you know if you just had more of those like in the south there's nothing when it comes to, you know, that West Sussex sort of 40-mile radius for, like, mountain bike races. You've got... If Big Dog went away, they're literally... You've just you've, got the Southern XCs around. The, the one Southern XC round in Sussex. The rest yeah, the are, Pippingford Park one, which is, an, which is apparently an amazing course. And but we're we, going to we, do that. Say, where we are, we've got to drive. To get to go mountain biking and race, we've got to drive a long way. Yeah. Like, some of the Wessex rounds are in Reading. Yeah, and when you think of the mountain biking that we've got around here, it's just ridiculous that... It just takes someone to do it, but then... Do you think that could be part of the reason why there's not as many races? Is like there's so much natural riding... That people just go and do it anyway. Um, and sort of with with Strava now, it's like yeah. you've got a race every ride you want to do. You get that thrill of a race, you get that workout from a race, you get the little fake achievement at the end of it. <laughs> <laughs> you get the pat on the back. Um, without having to actually go somewhere and do someone's schedule, you can sort of do what you want. Yeah, it's Whereas free. places... More in, say, the Southern XC region, it's more forestry, oh, MOD land, so you're not really allowed to ride on that. Yeah, that's what Piffing, so Piffingford Park So loads of that stuff there where you can't, the only riding you can do is racing. Yeah. So. No, that that would make sense. You I'm, know, like you say, with um, around the New Forest and stuff, having a well, speci- you, specially designed course and things like that is probably easier. Than, but the New Forest, you're only allowed to ride on gravel tracks. Oh, okay. You're not actually allowed to ride on anywhere on the new forest. That's like Ashdown Forest. You can't. I went up there on my mountain bike and I couldn't go anywhere because yeah. it was all protected land. Then what you do is you ride off there. You ride in the little heathland and then the Forest Commission ranger drives over to you and you get, oh, sorry, I'm new to the area. They give you a map and then you ride away. <laughs> on, on the grass. Yes. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Roosting everywhere. But I know it's sort of that's why the UK downhill scene's always like thought of as really like strong compared mm. to the rest of the world is because where we haven't got chairlift access to go down the mountains. Yeah. All we got is uplifts and uplift days only really has, so that's when you chuck your bike in the back of a tractor trailer or a specific bike trailer and you get driven to the top of a hill. Yeah. You ride down, it meets you at the bottom, it picks you up. So you basically got to do all the fun bit, none of the effort. And you can pay to do them at certain venues, but a lot of the time to do an uplift day, you're racing. So people just do go downhill racing. Yeah. It's an expensive weekend out, but you get two days of solid riding. And you get the com- competition. And you get that atmosphere. So I think that, that that's, could be part of the reason. It's just, yeah, no, that makes sense. It's, you, you race because that's the only way to ride. Yeah. But it's such a shame because I think once once that community was built where you've got a load of people wanting to join races and do it, but I think the way to maybe start it is, you know, off-grid, try and build it, you know, in an evening with a group of mates. And if once you get sort of 20, 30 people, you can then say, right, we're going to make it a proper race wheel or enter and then you're gonna have a load of other people enter because you've got the people spreading it out sort of think like underground racing league and need for speed yeah exactly <laughs> being chased by policemen <laughs> on bikes but like whiteways is the perfect place you can make such a good and there used to be a lot of mountain bike races there and it's now gone it's just it's the people having the time away from their jobs to look into these things and make those contacts and people being contacted the last thing they want to do is be bothered by someone trying to organize a mountain bike race because in their day-to-day job, if you work for the Forestry Commission or whatever, like you don't care. Like it's not part of your remit to to do it. So you've got to go 
you know the hundred percent all the way to them to make it work rather than you know mentioning it and then them wanting to get back to you so i tried to i contacted loads of multi-story car parks trying to make some car park hill climbs and obviously every single person i emailed was just like what are you talking about leave us alone like you're ridiculous why, why would we want to lose a little bit exactly of money there. it makes no it makes nothing no difference to them they're a car park they don't need to be advertising or anything no. <laughs> So it's just, you know, it's difficult. It's just about trying to find the right places. But I think it's over the summer we're going to start a few Need for Speed Underground style things, get some people involved. We should get rep points for bikes. Yeah. And if people want it to happen, you know, if people want the mountain bike scene or the road scene to happen, you've got to make an effort. You can't just carry on doing the same old routine. You've actually got to put yourself out there a bit and spread the word and do it. Rather than just liking and sharing stuff, you've actually got to, do some sort of action that means you are going to do it. I mean, you can't race on Trainer Road. You can't race on Trainer no. Road. You can be a trainer hero on Trainer <laughs> Road. That's fine. But, you know, racing is, you know, I came 58th in this thing. You know, that's it doesn't matter. I was, like, I was so thrilled with, like, well, 33rd. Yeah. I was buzzing off it. I still don't quite understand. I think you secretly <laughs> are Trainer Roading oh, I've got five it. days a week, high volume plan. Have you not seen that secret door to the yeah. left? The right? <laughs> There's actually a kicker in there. <laughs> Wahoo fan, the lot because yeah you just you just disappeared you flew i i it was right on that first corner i ran my bell a few times and i managed to weasel through and i was like i looked back i was like oh no i felt really bad i just sort of left you and i didn't mind yeah i was you know squidding about <laughs> eating done. well i think that sort of race though it's like i can't do the flat but i can get up the climb and the descent doesn't really bother me so i can sort of just... yeah because technically you're very good i think the harder if that was wet i think you would have come top 10 yeah but like you want it to be as difficult as possible yeah. for I, bike handling skills because be that's where you excel. And have yeah. a bell. Everyone needs a bell. And you've got a bell. I think that'll make the difference. I needed one today for my commute. I commuted today, everyone. <laughs> very proud of myself. Um, all right, cool. Well, that's a... Yeah, as we said, listen to the other podcast for proper... I mean, that was... In-depth chat. That was almost... We did all right. We need to blag that. That was almost decent. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Believe it or not, we have not prepared at all. Yeah. I haven't got a laptop in front of anything. We've just normal. got one giant whiteboard that I keep looking over and it, the words don't change. No. <laughs> all right. We're going to talk about... Um... Races that don't struggle for entries. Yeah. <laughs> the pro races. <laughs> That's a good segue. So since our last podcast, we... There's been Flanders. We left I mean, you. there's been loads of races. Flanders was coming up. Yeah, Roubaix was coming up. We obviously went to that, which was amazing. Covered we're, it brilliantly. We're not going to talk about it. You've, I'm sure, heard of it. Yeah. Uh, and then the what are the other ones called? We have to talk about Amstel. What are they called? The, the hilly classics. They're called something. The Ardennes. Like, Ardennes classics. That's the one. The Pate classics. <laughs> um, yeah, we have to talk about Amstel for so, obvious reasons. Yeah, that everyone's World. already discussed, and we're very late to the party. Flesh Malone. Yeah. Which is sort of a bit of a crap race. No points. Yeah. Murder hoopless. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Liège, Baston Liège. Yeah. So Amstel Gold was, uh, it's the, you know, it's like twice as hilly as Liège. Everyone thinks Liège is really hard, but Amstel has more, a lot more climbing than Liège. Yeah. There's, uh, a, there's a sportive that goes that's apparently really good. I would not want to do <laughs> it's that. It's just a road. <laughs> Have you seen the course map of it? It's literally like you know when people say you to throw spaghetti at the wall to um, <laughs> yeah. test if it's cooked. Like they've got the whole pan <laughs> thrown at the wall. Right, just ride that. I like it. So yeah, we had a little break go with Fuglesang and Alaphilippe. They basically cocked it up and decided not to ride with each other yeah. and, and claim that they were riding hard because Alaphilippe knew he was going to roll Fuglesang. Fuglesang yeah. knew he was going to get rolled, so didn't bother racing with him. Kwiatkowski gapped, tried to bridge across and pretty much did. Fantastic effort. And the time gaps, because really famously, the time gaps at Amstel Gold are, Gold are always awful. So like his ride... Um, Van der Poel's ride was obviously amazing. Yeah. But if you look at the time gaps, it's not as amazing as it seems. I think that is that fair to say? Yeah, he was yeah, it was he was closer, but the closing the closing speed that he It doesn't managed, have been amazing, but I'm like Yeah. He was considering he went on that break. He wasn't a minute back two K to go, who, like it said. Some rider that went with him. Simon Clark. Oh no, went with him was at, um, the, at the very beginning like, midway through. When he went for his attack, he attacked and everyone let him go and just let him hang out there and oh, tire himself it was, out. Uh, I have him Roman Kreuziger not sure I thought it was a UAE rider oh maybe anyway so he, just, he sort of didn't work with him etc and then he got caught again and then everyone just thought right that was it he's been naive he's been left out and, and then he just rode on the front 
made a train of like 12 riders who were just hanging it was basically like you at the um yeah <laughs> yeah if i had a 500 watt ftp that's what that is what would have happened at the handicap i just ridden around collecting everyone um yeah and then just hammered it and then in a sprint just uh dropped it. who was on his wheel um, son clark no there was someone oh. uh decent on his wheel and they couldn't hold it and then simon clark jumped across i don't know oh let's not think this is where i need my laptop let's, let's move on oh okay move on but, but yeah, so if you haven't seen it for it. some reason go and watch it because it was fantastic oh yeah it was so good and he obviously on um a dutch race wearing the dutch national champions jersey collapsed love and life and then liege baston liege it's a bit of a crap race it's a bit of a crap race but saying he deserved on it. that descent where his back wheel jumped hit, out hit, from a hit a pothole back wheel jumped out on a bit of paint and he just went yeah it was oh. mega did a great drift it was a great uh, and then yeah he soloed it and uh deserved win but however i wouldn't say the race was that exciting no so i think for frog ratings we need to make a note of these yeah I'll... i can't remember what the frog ratings we'll, we'll were listen, the other we'll one listen back so flanders flanders betty oh, getting it was, away it was good I wouldn't say it was an amazing race. It was just almost everyone was too good. There was too many good riders. Yeah, and he, you know, if because Vanderpol tried to bridge across I, and then he stopped and then got the caught the with the group. But I reckon if he carried on going, oh, hundred percent, okay. and it would have been a great frog rating because he'd have probably it had a potential field. frog rating of ninety plus. But yeah. I'm going seventy five. Yeah, high seventies. Yeah. Uh, Roubaix we didn't really see much of Roubaix because we were stood on the Carpeau de Labra but we were at the we were just after the point where Gilbert attacked and it was amazing yeah well on the Eurosport replay you could see my blue socks because it's literally at the moment they went past us but we were looking the opposite direction because you're looking down the road to see you've you watched can, them come towards you you can see Ryan and Darren can't you yeah and then as they go past you then look across so I, we were oblivious to that yeah and Niels Pollitt at the time was absolutely swinging yeah. by the looks of it and we, I was like oh he's gone next thing we know he's on the big screen he's yeah. like in a two up sprint for the win it was so good and the atmosphere was amazing obviously they're lo- not a local well Gilbert's Belgian but mm. they, they loved it so yeah that was a, for the atmosphere 85 85 for the actual atmosphere. race probably about 70 yeah, it was. I don't think it wasn't an absolute classic, but no. I, I, Roubaix, you know, if it rains, then it's going to be an absolute classic regardless. But it's just a, it's the same every year in that it's just a battle of, a, you know, it's an automatic seventy-five. I think. Yeah. Because it's always just incredible the the battle of attrition that they have. But I'll say uh, Flanders pro you get a better race because Flanders is is more the strongest rider wins. Yeah. Whereas Roubaix, a bit more luck comes into it. Yeah, but. The luckier, the stronger you are, the luckier you get. Obviously, yeah. yeah. The more you practice, the luckier you get. Yeah. Oh, golf trick. <laughs> the luckier you get, the stronger you get, the stronger you are. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think um, Van Art did well because he had a bit of... Again, we missed it all. Yeah, he before, smashed his head, didn't he? Yeah, he crashed a few times and then um, got he just back did, on. He just gave everything, didn't he? Yeah, and he nearly crashed into the back of... Um, in traffic, he nearly crashed into the back of yes. a team car. Dying absolute death, he did. Yeah. Fair play. Amstel. I'm going... 95 oh it was one of the best race finishes i've ever seen it was so good it's the first race i've ever so i didn't watch it live it's the first time i've ever refused to find out the result i've always caved or found out and not really cared yeah. just gone okay it's but fine, this one i heard it. what happened i followed the little text bit and i just heard like you have to watch it and i just, i wanted to so see i it. had no i had no idea so i was just watching it and i was um i watched from about two hours yeah but the last two hours or so and um i just couldn't believe it like i was you know it, it was just i was switching off almost because it was alaphilippe versus fugel saying i was like well alaphilippe's gonna roll in whatever and then it just happened like within like a five minute or no even like a two minute thing it was like oh my god he's gonna win and before you even realized what was happening he'd won and i was i literally fell on my knees and was like oh you out of my breath. god yeah so I, like, I showed my wife i was like you've got to see this this is like yeah. This is like Man United, Champions League, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer knocking it in last minute. Like, this is amazing. Um, it's like, how could you not love it? And it's like, how could you not love him? Yeah, I can't think of a... I mean, what an amazing end. I think there might be races more exciting overall from the whole race. Yeah. But I think just for the the way it happened and like how good it was, I th- yeah, I think... I'm going to give it a 94 frog rating. I've got to give myself some room, <laughs> yeah. some room to manoeuvre. But I'm, just, I'm not watching racing. I love him. Yeah. Like, he is amazing. I'm not rating the age. He's a heavy boy as well. 
Is it? Yeah, he's, he's not like it's a powerhouse, just absolute Dense. machine. And I, so I heard in the CX racing that he does. Oh, I can't, I'm not going to. Things I'm like figures. CX racing. He's not exciting because he's so good and just he rare, rolls away. But he could be more exciting. He in a CX race, he like does an 800 watt sprint or above, like 300 times in a race or something stupid like that. So then everyone was saying, you know. That training compared to what Alaphilippe does, you know, is he going out and doing... It's modern training. An insane amount of... So I think all these CX people are now bringing everyone onto that and, like, they're going to... He's just so explosive. Yeah. And he's, he can just do it over and over again. He's got the the stamina now. And no one thought they could last it and he's adapted so quickly. Mm. And it says the first mountain bike race this weekend, I'm pretty sure he's in... Uh... Oh, because he did... So I saw on Instagram, he was doing some sort of... He's won, he won his first mountain bike race back, like a little double day, but it's the first World Cup. So it's going to be him versus Scherter. Oh my Lord. And Lars Forster, the, I think he's the European champion, just ride for Scott as well. So that's going to be an incredible battle. That would be amazing. Yeah. And it's, I think... What, what is it? Abstel, I think? I think it's in Germany, the first race. I may be wrong, but I don't. I think it's quite a climby course. But I think he came second with a crash to Scherzer last year, so it could be Scherzer's end of like five years of dominance. And it's... he he may well just dominate the short track stuff. Yeah, but I mean the short track, it's it's, it's better than whatever it was before X Eliminator. Um, and oh, I lost train thought. <laughs> no, it's better than X Eliminator, but it's still a bit of a pantomime. Uh, yeah. At least the pros have to race it now. Top twenty have to do it. So it's uh, you get XC Olympics, the main main event. So it's an hour and a half, two hour race. Short track is twenty minutes ish. I've run a, a shorter track, um, and the top twenty in the ranking have to do it. And it, you, whoever, whatever place you get there, is your gridding for the start of the next day. Right. And there's and there's World Cup points based on it. So so it's actually they eliminated. It no one cared about. It. You didn't have to race. They've made it so they have to race on the Saturday before. So that's why. Sam Gaze, um, Vanderpoel always race it, sort of dominate it, and they always get number one. But Scherter Paris holds back a little bit. Right. Knows he can win the main race, comes in second, third, keeps his front row gridding because it's top eight, get a front row gridding. That's all so that really matters. So as long as you're there. Okay, that's fair enough. Who do you think the next big CX rider to transfer to road? Transfer. So the, I don't know how old they are yet, but there's a Two nets. Of, of a powerhouse. Yeah, because he's probably cleaned up the most outside of Van Aert and Van Der Poel yeah um, he's a big lad but you have the young guys he's probably like the Brits like Dan Tullett um, oh, yeah. he's one of the juniors whether Pickcock comes on a bit more yeah he got second at Lincoln didn't he Did. yeah so, he yeah. had a really bad crash in the junior Flanders or the under 23 Flanders I saw that that's knocked him back a bit but yeah I think there's a lot to come from him yeah and Tullett his, bro- his brother rides for Wiggins now doesn't he Ben he used Tullet. to ride for Techers. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. At the Guildford Crit. Ah. Which we should do this year. Just for just for you with your bell. Ding 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 ding. <laughs> Rattling. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Let's not rate Leo, no point. No. Race of a race. <laughs> so should we do should we, should we do the game? Go on then. We've done lots of serious chat. And then we will talk about the Giro. Oh, we could just move on. And then my favourite part, the email. So this game is called Harder, better, faster, wronger. Wronger. <laughs> Nailed it. So the name of the game is I'm going to quiz you. I'm not really sure how you win it or lose it. It's just uh, entertainment for people. Do we? Do I count points? No, I think we, we just you just try and do well in it. Everyone can play in the car. Just got to have a bit of a brain, <laughs> which could be difficult. Do we, do we need a timer? Um, yeah why don't we do a timer for a minute it's a very short game so the rules are I ask you a question you are not allowed to say the right answer whatever you say has to be the wrong answer based on a very popular game on Radio 1 yeah which I definitely haven't stolen or listened to Um, you can't repeat you can't be completely random it has to be within the vicinity I think because otherwise you could just in your head you could just pick a different animal every single yeah, time that's fine that would not be in the spirit of the game no <laughs> that yeah. would be the equivalent of saying you're not going to contest the sprint in a breakaway and then nailing it at the end arms aloft be the equivalent of uh, going in the the first group on the yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and not holding your hands up taking the easy W 
Okay, you ready? Yeah. Okay, on your marks. Get set. Let's play. Ronga. Who makes Jura Ace components? Shram. How many rings are at the front of a one by setup? Three. Finish the sentence. Some days you're the hammer and the other days you're the... Uh, screw. Name the famous doper from America who won loads of tours de France. Floyd Landis. Name a sprinter from the Isle of Man. Pete Kenya. Vincenzo Nibley is from... Um, oh, Portugal. Bradley Wiggins' team is called... Bradley. <laughs> Name a model of Canyon. Uh, uh, Ultra. <laughs> Gravel racing is on which surface? Grass. Oh. Finish the name of the hill. Ditchling. Lamp. <laughs> Primoz Roglic used to be a... Uh, biathlonist. Bathlete. <laughs> How many wheels does a bike have? One. A wheelie is when you... Go on your front wheel. What's the main material road cyclists wear? Um, oh, Kevlar. <laughs> yeah. Are you out? Oh, I completed it. That's it. Oh. Came up with those very quickly. So no, that's good. If anyone else can do better, please feel free. I don't think I can come up with any. No. Have you, have you got another set? No. No, okay. Well, well prepared. <laughs> Ditchling lamp is a great climb. <laughs> I think I fluff one. Gravel. Uh, gravel not on grass, but... Yeah, but, yeah. That's all right. That's all right. That's fine. Ultra, when you laugh, it's a Bianchi Ultra. Oh. I like those. Yeah, nice. In that Celeste. Celeste. But that is, a, that is a bit of a dentist. Pale blue. Dentist move. So, we've now progressed on. We've gone from shady emails to now Peter sends me a Word document. <laughs> I think he's more involved than Harry. I think so. He puts more effort in. <laughs> yeah, but so does the iPad. What? Oh, I like it. He's um, he's given he's given us some facts. You ready? He's done more preparation for this episode than we have. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Pete. You're holding it together. Good day, mates. So, Eva and I, after the success of our previous week's XE race, decided this is six weeks ago. Previous week. Okay. Yeah. Um, XE race decided to keep the ball rolling and enter the Huawei, Huawei, H A W E. Huawei, man. Huawei. It's in uh, <laughs> it's in Newcastle. <laughs> The Howie Epic. She was doing the 91k classic, and I figured I would get Sandy and hashtag stay froggy and go for the full 160, 100 miles for our imperial listeners. Course named the Centurion. The course is mostly off road and it's basically one lap of a lake. How hard could it be? That's a big lake. Also, if it's a lake, you can just swim across. Yeah, of course. Obviously, you always cut off and cheat. But no, I like it, Pete. Respect you for that. Our training beforehand was pretty similar to that of a pro racer. Easy during the week, then train through the race. Train through racing. That's good. Get fit by racing. I like that. Yeah. Good method. Uh, with a downhill race and a Team XE race in our legs, it's safe to say we are confident in our form. <laughs> Perfect training. Now, neither of us XE races, and this is fairly obvious to anyone who looks at us. Massive pair of frogs. We're both on 161 enduro bikes with XE tyres on. That's clutching. That's sort of like putting a slicks on a tractor. Yeah. <laughs> I thought this would make them look fast, whereas mine just looked like it was a businessman's commuter. <laughs> the person who drops 5k on a full sauce to only go and put some road tires at and bar ends. <laughs> Clothing-wise, I went for enduro-style mountain bike shoes and a helmet. And helmet. Oh, and enduro helmet. Right. Uh, my white and blue Somerset Road Club Lycra bib shorts, slightly stained. Now, see, Pete, they were stained when I first met Pete in eight years ago, so... <laughs> Oh. And they were saggy then as well. <laughs> they were old. Um, my Danish national champion jersey, and to top the look off, my thermal neoprene gardening gloves, warm as F. Gardening gloves. Yeah, so Peter's a gardener by trade. Right. And his Danish national champs jersey. So for their, <laughs> when they got married, uh, Eva's dad, or I think their friends, gave them uh, Danish, like really terrible Danish cycling jerseys. That's amazing. So they ride around in New Zealand as the Danes. <laughs> So it's a 7am start. He rocked up at 6.30 and I can see there are already at least 30 people on the start line. I hope that means rocked up to the race at 6.30. Not to the start line at 6.30. Okay. On the start He'll line. He'll be on a turbo in a minute. Nah, F that. So we did his warm up in the truck car and rolled down the start line with 10 minutes to spare. I'm probably 300 deep in the crowd now and lined up directly behind a mountain by tandem. Not really, <laughs> not really what you see on the start grid, but oh well. <laughs> first 25k is, is all on road and the fast XE boys are on a go slow 150 strong peloton I was loving life cruising <laughs> a lot at good pace 
and at the back. Great way to warm up. We hit a fast 75k descent, and all the frogs show themselves. Nothing is as scary as seeing a 50k endurance rider getting speed wobbles in the middle of a massive group in front of you. <laughs> Somehow we all survive the fourth cat race, and things calm down, and we hit the gravel. <laughs> half an hour in, oh, an hour and a half in, and we hit our first river crossing. I had no idea on the course, so I'm pretty pissed to get my feet wet so early. It's a carry job, as it's a fairly, fairly serious river. <laughs> Big rocks and a, a mid-shin deep. Even so, I saw half the people around me try and ride it. Hub submerge. That'd be you, Sam. Yeah. Drive chain wash, good to go. Only <laughs> 110k left to go. Turns out, uh, there are a fair few river crossings. Over the next four hours, we cross the river every 10 minutes. Oh my my feet are so cold now that I'm struggling to clip in. 160k course splits away from the shorter distance course and heads up the big river valley for an extra couple of hours. During this section, we cross the big river six times. The water literally balls deep in some places and is flowing fast. I was genuinely scared I'd be knocked over in sections. I have to tie my shoelaces back up after every crossing as the current is so strong. <laughs> Massive respect to the five smaller women who finished the course, including Ronaldo! Seb, explain. So, Ronaldo is... When me and Pete went to Italy to Finale Ligura to watch my friend Max... I would say watch, help, we watched, but we were meant to be helping, uh, do the World 24-Hour mountain bike championship max is max sutty uh current uk two-time uk uh national champion and one-time age group world champion age group doesn't count age group sounds like he's 50 it's like a triathlete term <laughs> um so yeah we went to see you there there was a woman doing i think she was if she's listening I'm sorry if you're not in this category, but she was in, say, the 35 to 45 category, something around that age. It's a dangerous, dangerous course. <laughs> and she was just really chatty and friendly. And when me and Pete were bored most of the time, we were just chatting to people. And uh, they have their na- names on the number board. And her name was something, something, Ronaldo, or something like Ronaldo. Her name was Ronal, that's it. Ronal something. And we saw that. So every time she went past, we did like the Brazilian football commentator. just going, Ronaldo! And she loved it. And then we later found out she's from New Zealand, near where Pete lives. Oh, wow. And he sees it at her events, and she still remembers us just shouting at her. <laughs> Ronaldo in Italy. So that's it. That, that is Ronaldo. Okay. Good, good to... Uh... Catch up. And she won as well. She won our category, so she's world champ. Cheers. As good as Max. Uh, six hours in and heading back on the opposite side of the lake. Legs are still fairly good. Haven't bonked yet. Just so bored. <laughs> How do people do this? It's so boring. <laughs> the scenery is incredible. Beautiful day, but I'm pedaling harder and harder just to finish and get off my bike. <laughs> I hate bikes. It's actually how I feel in a cross race. <laughs> Another round, I make it to the coffee in Scones feed station. Scones? So I'm, I'm, he hasn't written that. That's how I've said it. Big fan of this. Race organisers take note. So coffee and scones. It's not. It's nice to get a, a warm drink at a feed station. This sounds station. like a mental race. Yeah, I was hoping for like a hot drink at the Roubaix feed stations. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 don't, I don't go near any Artery, extra food. Clear liquids. Just carry my own. Um, <laughs> another couple of hours grinding. The finish line finishes in sight. Legs are still okay. Pretty stoked not to bonk. I remember that Pete's like, biggest fear is bonking on a ride. And he will mock you. Like he, if someone else bumps the ride, he does not let you live it down. <laughs> so he's obviously on his one hundred and sixty yeah. semi-slip <laughs> enduro bike. Two k of road to go. Just got to ride through the village. A couple of small running climbs. Probably take thirty seconds on a road bike. Bang, bonked. <laughs> Legs turn to jelly. Suddenly hungry. Brain is just melted. I crawl to the finish line. He can't even enjoy it as I'm way too cooked. The best sight was to see Eva looking fresh and holding a plate of chips and a pint of cola. What a legend. So what could be worse than riding 100 miles? Well, riding 94 miles, because that's how many we did. Great. Do a 100 mile race, not to ride 100 miles. Great. <laughs> End stats were... 151k so let's just remind people that's not 100 miles it's probably because every time he got off to cross the river I hope if he that. crossed the river so many times it probably that. added up to like two I hope, I hope it's miles. auto pause <laughs> 240k 200 no 2400 meters of climbing it's not that much is it it's like 6000 feet I mean yeah is it it's a bit it's a fair bit of climbing for 100 miles nah it's from mountain bike race yeah, it's get p- out pathetic uh, where uh, where are we? Eight hours, 40 minutes. He finished 15th. And he even finished 9th. Top 10. Nice. Might get an XE bike when I enter next year. Like who said when I enter next year. Yeah. 
He so loves he's, it. He's keen. Hated it. The worst experience of his life. And he's back for more. And he's going to get overshoes. Yeah. <laughs> get some waders or some wellies. <laughs> so my question. What's your most type 2 ride? Hate it at the time, but like it after. Number one fan, Pete. God, that is a long build up to a question. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> could just put, could, we could have had the end stats and that. <laughs> What's yours then, Seb? Type 2 riding. Most, I think cross racing. I remember when I first did, first started cross, I like, I came from doing sort of enduro and like downhill. So I didn't want to do anything more than just sell my bike there and then <laughs> and go back to easy climbs up and fun descending. <laughs> Well, you don't actually need a chain. Yeah, essentially. <laughs> so I think that's what it was. Yeah. I see. I really enjoyed the cross, but I've the cross races I've done. I've come from five minute races. Different to uh, what I think actual cross races. You know, I've done one with a really cool course, like when it's just a muddy and field. Half an hour. <laughs> an hour normally. <laughs> yeah, yeah, twice as long. I mean, mine's probably just doing centuries where I've not eaten properly before I learned to eat more than one jello ride. And then having to ride into a headwind along do, the Do you have that gel all at once or do you sort of sip it? Oh, I just squeeze it as hard oh. as I can and whatever goes in my mouth is that's the that's the amount I've got. <laughs> Something goes on your cheeks and Yeah. I mean, probably some road races I've done. At the time you're so scared for your life and you're concentrating on just not getting dropped. And then afterwards you enjoy it until you realise you didn't do very Shoulders well. Shoulders so tight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, those ones are probably I prefer type one fun. Yeah, what is that? Just I'm, I'm guessing that's yeah. What's type three fun? Not fun. Was it linked to diabetes? So like type two funds you brought it upon yourself. <laughs> Maybe I'm not a doctor. That's not that. <laughs> don't quote. Don't quote Seb on that. Yeah. Right. So coming up, we've said. Me and Harry are going to have a chat about Harry's recent adventures into yeah. mountain biking. Can, can we have a little chat about it now? So we, what well, must have been, what, three weeks ago? Harry won't listen to this podcast. No, about three weeks ago. I've, I've done quite a lot of riding since Roubaix, and it's mostly been mountain biking. And uh, me and Sam, were going to go on a ride, and we're sort of like, oh, Harry's back this weekend. Should we see if he wants to come? <laughs> and he rocked up on his mountain bike with road clips on. Yeah. And Power road, meter pedals with road shoes and road clips. Road pressures. Yeah, about 80 psi. Yeah, and his bike was heavier than him. <laughs> yeah, but then so's most bikes. <laughs> um, yeah, and he'd never done a proper mountain bike ride. He told us halfway through it as we sort of were doing like 40 miles around the South Downs. Yeah, and we, we took him on some technical climbs and descents. Technical climbs and descents. He loved it. He got so much better throughout the day. Like he really, yeah. he's going really well he at the really end. Well. And I think that'll be a good thing for you guys to talk about because I think he learned learned a lot. What we thought, you know, we just roll over and go through. To someone who's never been on a mountain bike on those sorts of things, it's like, well, how do you, you know, how do you position yourself and like moving yourself on the bike? This is very natural because we've been riding quite a long time on mountain bikes. Whereas someone that's not done that on a road bike, you don't ever have to get off the back of the saddle. No, even in descents, what you want, what what you do on a road bike is you get forward, if anything, don't you? And I think Harry's grown up riding road bikes rather than growing mm. up mountain bikes and transitioning. Yeah, so yeah. that would be a very good chat. Have a little chat about that. He did very well. It was. I'll be like a wise figure. Parting knowledge on he him. was like a horse at times when it was just refusing to go and he made a couple of enduro riders fall off <laughs> <He did>. <laughs> <laughs> by suddenly stopping on something that they weren't yeah, expecting him was, to stop yeah, on that's good that's good yeah let's do that we are going to do our our next big race i say it's a race we're doing the south downs way century yeah which and that's 100 miles Pete. yes it's 100 miles confirmed 100 miles no river crossings no dry feet 100 <laughs> miles 9k extra and we're gonna do a podcast Probably more, more climbing i think as well it's eleven thousand feet way more <laughs> i'm not doing it on 160 million we're gonna, we're gonna do a either. podcast on the move and we're gonna try and do intros and introductions between the background noise and talk over just me me recording us cycling along um so we have a little we've actually got to prepare for that which i don't like but yeah we'll, and we'll do an episode probably about what we're going to do we haven't decided fully if we're doing it on cross bikes or mountain bikes it's sort of like 90 percent mountain bikes yeah i think mountain, chance of cross i'd have bike. the gearing for the for what the climbs are i'd have to buy things for my bike and i can't be bothered well, i'm taking mine home this weekend and i'm not bringing it back so that's any help to you <laughs> job job done mountain bikes it is that's fine um and we obviously the giro is going on at the moment but um you can listen to other podcasts to hear about that we'll talk about that most time. of them do it the, uh, the day after the stage rather than sort of six weeks daily after. and they're there and they actually talk to the people whereas i'm watching it i'm watching 10 minutes highlights oh, good highlights after though. watching uh made in chelsea <laughs> with my wife um but very quickly roglitch uh 
He's yeah. doing all right. Demoulin, not so much. He crashed. Viviani can't sprint in a straight line. Yates is going to win it. Uh, Lander gets angry on Twitter. And he's the unluckiest man in the world. Unluckiest man in the world. And that's it. Tour of California. <clears throat> TJ Vanguarden. Dodgy geezers. Just do what he wants. He's uh, sort of, I think Trump's doing the sort of, yeah. the commissaring. Quick stepper, flying. That guy didn't go down the hill very fast at all. You've you watched the video. Oh, right, I got He's descending. Is it today's? Ultimate squid life. Oh, it's that. so good. Oh, okay. um, and we may be doing some crits. We may yeah, be doing the Lewis crits. There's Lewis crits, but we haven't got a big enough team to be cool enough to get in at the moment, I don't think. we're. But I've told a few people to enter it. I'm going to go and watch the Hove Park crits. I'm not doing those. I, I might try and watch a few, not go to them all maybe. Go do some mountain bike races, do some handicaps and hopefully not get shelled cheers guys see you later stay safe stay sandy